It's that time again for the assault on your ears we call Lower Dorks, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I'm Aaron, and with me is Stavros. Well, Stavros, why don't you tell the good folks at home what we're drinking? You know, t- tell the bad folks, too. You know, just, just tell everybody. Tell all the folks. <laughs> I will tell the folks, good and bad. Um, but yes, we are drinking Old Smoky uh, Tennessee Whiskey, mango habanero flavored. Um, and I have to say, of all of the whiskeys that you've forced me to try so far, this one is easily the best. It smells good. It tastes good. Even though I'm not a specifically a whiskey man, but I've got to say I'm giving this a big thumbs up so far. I would drink this even if it wasn't alcoholic. I mean, it's sweet. It's spicy. It's got bite, but it goes down smooth. It is just fantastic. Old Smoky makes a wide range of flavored whiskeys. But even their baseline whiskey is pretty good. Not only is it good in its own right, but it also makes a fantastic mixer. Highly recommend the brand. All right. Good to hear. So tonight, along with our drink, we're watching episode two of season two. Kayshawn, His Eyes Open. This was written by uh, Chris Kula, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and directed by Kim Arndt. Interesting thing I noticed about the director that shared in common Mm. with uh, last episode's director. He is a very prodigious storyboard director uh, or storyboard artist he does have directing credits and writing credits under his belt it's just interesting that that is like a common trend i don't know the industry but i'm wondering if that's a common career path it sounds like it's got to be like yeah. this is the second time i mean we're two for two so far for storyboard arts being directors so there's something there yep and he has he has a really interesting career you know um the first place that i would recognize him from he did work on Saturday Night Live when they were doing their uh, animated segments. TV Funhouse was the name of the company, I believe. Okay. But he also did a bit of work in the heyday of MTV Animation, or what some people would call MTV Animation's heyday. Depending on who you ask, it's either late 90s, early 2000s. Right. He worked on the spinoff that was spun pretty far out of Beavis and Butthead, uh, the show Daria. Oh. He also worked on Celebrity Deathmatch, of all things. Talk about <laughs> a uh, pretty out-there reference. Uh, then, like a lot of the other uh, producers and writers, he did a bunch of work. He did a bunch of animation work for Cartoon Network. He, What I know him from is uh, Adult Swim, where he did do some episodes of the Venture Brothers, uh, he worked okay. a lot on the show uh, Super Jail, which I did not enjoy one bit of. But, you know, it had its <laughs> fan base. Beyond sure. that, there's nothing really that leaps out to me. The not sure if you're familiar with too much of his past work at all. Yeah, not really. I'm, I'm getting educated right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interestingly, Chris Kula, the writer, has not a lot of credits that I am too familiar with. He did do a bunch of executive producing on the last... Or he was an executive producer on the last season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh. Yeah, he uh, wrote the Klingon Diplomat episode as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, definitely has a very noticeable style of humor that as soon as I saw that writing credit, I was just like, ah, this this makes sense. You know, this show has a lot of EPs and and production-level people that are also doing writing. Kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know what, though? I mean, that's that's not necessarily a bad bad thing. If you're going to have executive meddling, you want it to be people who, you know, are... (laughs) Know what's going on. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. 
Okay, well, shall we move on to talk about the episode itself? You know what? I think we've talked about it enough. Let's, let's call it a night. <laughs> We're just going to sign off now. No, so uh, why don't you tell us what this episode was about? <laughs> yes, well, let me, let me give you the summary, the synopsis. Um, when Mariner, Tendi, and Rutherford join Jet Manhaver and Lieutenant Kayshawn, the Cerritos' new chief of security, to clear out a collectorship, things get heated when Kayshawn is turned into a puppet and Jet Ma- and Mariner butt heads about command of the away mission. Meanwhile, Boimler suffers the most Boimler fate possible when helping the crew of the Titan deal with the Packlet threat. He gets himself transporter duplicated, demoted, and then sent back to the Cerritos. Very well, he also, you know, becomes Riker's new best friend, too, so. <laughs> you, you know what? Some, I, it you depends on. Lose some <laughs> at the same time? Um, That's right. Depends on if you think the guy that's still on the Titan is our Boimler or not. Yeah, he's, we'll, he's we'll, William now. We'll, we'll get to that, I think. Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. So, uh, we ready to talk about this episode? I think so. Let's oh get the boy. show on the road. So, obviously, the cold open. A little Starship Troopers action with communal showers. <laughs> Indeed. The first time we've seen sonic showers on screen, I think. No, Unless actually. it's uh, popped up somewhere else. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they've shown up in a couple of the series. The one I remember most was in Voyager when uh, Belana Taurus mm. had a sonic shower malfunction while she was using it. I remember the scene vividly because I was a teenage boy at the time. <laughs> Imagine that. But yeah, so first time we've definitely seen a communal shower. Mm. Unfortunately, you know, this scene, like Jet kind of seems like a bit of a dick and Mariner is back to being insufferable. So, <laughs> <sighs> not sure. You know, I it, it just to expand it from the cold open. Well, first of all, I love this cold open just because the turning up the frequency of the sonic showers was just hilarious. I thought it was well done. It was it was a great exchange. But <laughs> so everyone's like, I'm clean, I'm out of here. Uh but um the the the, the difference between uh, Mariner and Jet, I mean, the, it's it expands into a lot of the rest of the episodes and um uh, it's a lot of uh you know, he kind of calls Mariner out on just being a rebel just because she can be one and she calls him by the book just because yep. he doesn't want to be a rebel and they kind of sort through that by the end and I know I'm getting ahead of us or ourselves here because we're just talking about the cold open but as a conflict that extends in through the rest of the episode I thought that was interesting yeah and it does kind of get resolved by the yeah, end yeah and it's a great new character introduction as he becomes a part of the core team on board the Cerritos yeah, they're still doing this thing that we talked about before where they take these minor characters and they just expand their roles greatly, which is kind of cool, actually, to see. I, I feel like that uh, was not intended for uh, this gentleman as he starts with getting a demotion. <laughs> you know, the, should we talk about that the, now? You know, we might he... as well, because, you know what? <laughs> yeah, it comes back at the end of the episode, but it is <laughs> the corn kernel demotion. <laughs> <laughs> so funny like Such first of all the, the explanation the, yeah well first the presence of the elote or the street corn is, is amazing too but i like how they they successfully retcon him into a lower rank by by using the corn on the collar joke pretty good pretty solid but that just raises a lot of questions because we've seen other people <laughs> with the wrong number of pips <laughs> apparently starfleet think, how many times do these love that? pips or love corn. They, I think they do. It's, a lot of them love pips too, but they also love corn. Yeah. Apparently, not a fan myself. Yes, no, not a fan. Huh? No, I, I was raised by corn, and that kind of put me off of it. Oh, uh, I see. You've had enough. Had enough. 
<laughs> but no, totally. Like I, I liked Jet. He, you know, we're gonna talk more about what he does in in his. He kind of like is is a a sort of a substitute Boimler, but then also says I'm not Boimler. So I, I enjoyed it. It was a good time having Jet back. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jet. He comes off as a real D-bag for the first half of the episode. <laughs> you say that, so why is that? Because he because of the way he butts heads with Mariner? Yeah, it's not that he butts heads with her. It's the way he does it. It seems like... Mm. It's one thing where it's all like, hey, we have conflicting personalities. But he's just like yeah. constantly doing stuff to like mess with her, it seems like. And mm. is constantly wanting to assert his authority. While at the same time, denigrating... Mariner for doing the same thing. <laughs> Which is yeah. actually a great dynamic. I do like it, but I like how they that they immediately they immediately remove Kayshawn from the away team just to get at that dynamic too, which you know what? I feel like we need to talk about Kayshawn a little bit. Let's let's switch gears and talk oh, some about Kayshawn. No, we need to not talk about this because I'm gonna say things that's gonna get me banned <laughs> I mean... from the internet. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we should start with that. Let's start with your banning comments. Darmok and Jalad speaking nonsense. <laughs> I, I, I like, that's right. You didn't like that episode. I, I like the concept of the episode of an alien language that's so alien it's hard to communicate with them. And they actually reference right. that in other episodes where, like, there there's some side bit about diplomacy where it's like you have to speak in these very officious ways. But right, the they're Temerians, right? Yes, their entire mode of communication. It's not laden with metaphor. It is built on metaphor. And that raises a problem for me. No society (laughs) can function like that. I mean, my God, how do you build a technical manual on metaphors? You know? (laughs) Andrew and Jennifer, when they copulated. Um, (laughs) You want me to plug the EPS conduit into the view screen? (laughs) And now your bridge crew is dead. Be clear, people. <laughs> you know what? Nature finds a way. Uh, I yeah, feel like no, you it need doesn't. to accept this. It, it doesn't. <laughs> Language, uh, not natural. It's a construct. <laughs> so th- did this affect your uh, enjoyment of uh, Lieutenant Kayshawn here? No, Kayshawn is great. I love when he gets shot down in the bar. Fantastic scene. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He's just trying to find love like the rest of the Cerritos crew. I know, I know. But you know, I have to say, I, I enjoy, I, I think the setup for comedy is there, but having the, like, him stumble over metaphors is sort of a one-trick pony for me. I want to see more, I just want to see more. I, wa- yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be the one-trick, the one-trick character. Yeah, and especially when most of the metaphors he uses are just callbacks to the previous episode. Right, yeah, yeah. But we also Give get a uh, second B-plot that this episode starts out with. Yes. Oh, boy. Our boy on the Titan. <laughs> yes, let's talk about that. How do you how do you feel about what uh, what, what Boimler's up to? So, I just got to comment on something. Uh, I'm glad that we still have a Boimler on the Titan, because I mm-hmm. want more of Will Riker as captain. I love the fact <laughs> He's best. that after they defeat the uh, pack-led ship, is all the whole crew is celebrating. They're super happy, which is something you like never really see. Like this was a tense situation. They came out on top. Why wouldn't they celebrate? And what does he shout? That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Talk yeah. about meta. <laughs> but uh, I yep. love the new crew members. I love how ridiculous they are. I love how they're like the 
like super hardcore like we're the tough Starfleet warriors yes in fact I wanted to mention that because Boimler is obviously or he you know he speaks up against their their attitudes I guess but it's kind of set up this this dichotomy between the Titan which is like badass shoot 'em up situation and um, the Cerritos or as they call it in the show the D uh, which has its own set of issues calling it that and I'm going to feel really weird calling it that but I guess we're stuck doing it now I, I've noticed a lot <laughs> of the people online are talking about this as this is a dig against you know new Star Trek that's you know filled with serious Ooh. situation and big conflicts and I'm like the thing is though they're not talking uh, trash about the adventures yeah. the Titan is having it's like I like these other things too and in the end yeah. Boimler even if one may or may not be true Bo- Boimler they, they they go both paths. They choose to be both an ensign on the Cerritos, having their weekly episodic adventures, and be the crew member on the Titan with their high-stakes action scenes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. But yeah, just it just sets... The episode is like very deliberate about setting up the, the difference between the two, which is odd for them to be calling it out so specifically, even to the point where they, they, they literally split Boimler... Or duplicate, depending on what you think is going on, between the two. So I'm I'm curious to see how that changes each of those characters or each boy. Movie. It'll be interesting to see where we go with this. Maybe one of them will get assimilated. <laughs> I mean, they did talk about that, or they did show a tease of that in the um, in the in the trailers. So Indeed, it's definitely possible. So I do want to comment on one thing. I watch most TV with the uh, subtitles on. The closed right. captioning and mm-hmm. there's an interesting weird thing that happens with the crew of the titan in the briefing all the various officers are speaking and we've heard tons of accents up to this point and when closed captioning they often do labels for things when people are speaking in a weird way or they're singing or anything like that for right. one reason whatever reason there is one crew member of the titan that they specifically <laughs> label his speech is in a British accent. And it's only why. That's just how he speaks. <laughs> so are you watching on Paramount Plus or are you watching on a different service? Uh, so I actually have a uh, Paramount Plus subscription through Amazon Prime. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So I, they, they must use the same thing. Because I, I, you know, I, when I rewatched this uh, episode in preparation for recording, I turned on the, the closed captions and saw that as well and thought it was pretty hilarious. I don't so, know why I find it so on? funny. It's just such a weird thing to throw in there. It's how you know that the uh, Titan is serious when it has British-accented crew members. Yes. <laughs> Although you're not sure it's actually British, right? You think it may be Australian? I, you know, I, I was thinking about it after I mentioned that to you before we recorded. I, I'm not sure. He, he, he uses some slang, but maybe my, I'm too American. My hearing is not as. Uh, is is de- as sensitive so maybe it, maybe it is actually british I i'm not we'll great with accents to begin with so you know yeah uh, i i know i know hillbilly and that's about it <laughs> but you know speaking of accents we need to talk about your uh your tentacle yeah my uh tentacle so monster from about. brooklyn for some reason yeah. So you were back in the trailers. You were really excited about seeing a tentacle. I, I was. He's he's not very tentacle monstery. He's just you know sleazy businessman. <laughs> Little disappointing. So you, okay. I mean, so you you were like, wow, there he is, and then he start and he opens his mouth, and then you were sad. Well, you know, I don't know. 
a really entertaining character. I guess I shouldn't complain. You know, there's always room for more <laughs> tentacle monsters in the future. That's true. <laughs> but hey, as long as we're segueing into that, uh, let's talk yes. about the collectors. Indeed. So obviously, uh, there's a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. On that ship. Yeah. yeah the references all over the place. Yeah, it's obviously a callback to the most toys from TNG, and they make oh, a yeah. lot of references to that. I love the everyone's tried to kidnap data. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's tried to collect data. Yes. Everyone knows. <laughs> uh, but man, we could do an entire episode on the trophy room. So, like, oh, but absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite thing that you, that was in the trophy room, or something you specifically want to point out? I, I liked the uh, the the that device from that TNG episode, the game with the uh, I know the Riker like gets this. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, I, I, I was thinking, like, scene. is Barrett going to try it on? Or? Yeah, but she doesn't. She takes it off <laughs> no. of its rack and sticks it on the paper mache head. Which what is right. that from? I I couldn't pin that one down. That is super weird. <laughs> but yeah, I just I loved that scene of Mariner for whatever reason just taking it off the rack and sticking it on something else. Yes. Did you have a favorite item or something you liked? You know what? Here's the weird thing. On my first watch through, I'm like, oh, that's that, that's that, that's that. And there's right. one moment where I'm all like, is that a fidget spinner? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a fidget spinner in it. But on rewatch, I couldn't find it. Hmm. But who there's knows? a lot in there. Yeah, unfortunately, that scene was just an excuse to just throw like everything you could think of from other Star Trek just in there somewhere. Oh god, yeah, all over the place. The I do wonder <laughs> what the the uh, drum set is a reference to. It's got to be something. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. There was an arcade machine in there. There's all kinds of crazy yeah. things in there. Question is, is it uh, Will Riker's trombone? If you know what I mean. Ooh. <laughs> Although you know, it was was uh, it wasn't in the original throne room, but in the skeleton room, the uh, the giant Spock uh, skeleton yeah, from the animated the series Remnants. Spock Two. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Spock Two. I, I don't know the episode name off the top of my head, unfortunately. Um, I was just like, yeah. do you know Are you that kind of encyclopedia? <laughs> <laughs> uh... It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't they, matter. I, the fact that I like barely like somewhat because it's been a while since I've seen the animated series, and I'm like, I know there's a giant Spock somewhere, and you know, you Google it, and you're like, yep, there's giant Spock, you know, Spock two. You know, like, what the, the hell? The I, weird thing is, I feel like this isn't the first time they've referenced that episode. I think you're right. Yeah, they say giant Spock somewhere in, in a different episode. Yeah, right? did he expect to find a giant Spock when they beam down to whatever planet? <laughs> right. Somebody just really loved that uh, animated series reference. Yeah, it could be. But moving on from that, so we don't spend too much time. Oh, you know what? Actually, we do got to talk about one thing. What? The diorama of the, the uh, Excalbion battle where he created... Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> with the Lincoln uh, skull? With the Lincoln um, skeleton? Yeah, that his skull inexplicably has a beard still attached to it <laughs> also like how did the collector get these things off of excalbia and how did the excalbian die great question we'll have to ask the collector but he's dead now well you know what uh, way to uh, ruin my ponderance there <laughs> i'm sorry someone out there knows they'll let you know soon maybe sounds like it needs a follow-up episode so yeah let's not focus too much on the collection because we could do an entire episode about it you know it's been, well, before we move off of it though i really want to focus on the flying roombas for just one second and the fact that they can suck people to death 
But what are they going to do? Suck us to death? Oh god, they're going to suck us to death! Uh, comedy gold, Remember we, we saw those in the trailer and we're like, those are like flying Roombas. And guess what? They, they actually are work. flying Roombas! <laughs> the, the, that are sucking up dust off the skeletons. Go figure. Anyway... Just wanted to sneak that in there. Yeah, you know, and that was also, there was the scene with the robotic arms that we had speculated on. We were way off on yes. that. No robot-themed yeah. episode. No. And in fact, the Data the data um, action figures and the Temerian action figure, or the Temerian puppet, completely different episodes. Yeah, completely unrelated. Now. Yeah, you know. So um, we obviously have no idea what we're talking about. Well, I mean, uh, lessons learned when we do our uh, talking about next season. Perhaps we'll yeah. uh, shut our mouths a little more. I, I find that unlikely. But. Yeah, no, um... I think we'd have to give up the drink for that to happen, and it's asking a lot. <laughs> well, what else do you want to point out? I feel like you're uh, you, you're on a roll right now. You know what? I'm actually going to skip over that, because as the scene is going on, there's a weird meta thing happening in the background with Puppet Gaithong. You notice okay. they can't seem to decide how to carry him. In half the scenes, <laughs> they're like just carrying him. like, And they don't even carry it like just like in their hand or anything, like a normal puppet or whatever. <laughs> But, like, right. half the time they're carrying it like he's a baby, and the other half the time yes. they're just, like, got their arms wrapped around it like he's a toddler. Right. <laughs> just can't decide. I, I feel like it opens up questions if, like, you have your hand, like, in him as, like, a, and, like, operating a puppet. Like, where's his lower half and stuff like that? Yeah, there's I a lot. I think you of... just don't want to use him as a puppet. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions being raised there that, uh, frankly, I, I don't think we want to <laughs> answer. Probably not. But anyways... I think we've kind of covered the uh, collection a little too long. Let's uh, slide <laughs> over. We have a uh, B-plot. Or is Boimler the A-plot? or is Strangely, I think Boimler is the B-plot, because there's much less time spent on him. Yes. But, but we've already talked about him a little bit. What's, uh, I mean, should we, should we talk about I, him I, getting transported? I don't want to talk about Boimler yet. I want to talk oh, about the okay. Titan. Okay, the Titan. Yes. Is that a Kelpian on the bridge? In I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure in um, the first officer's seat next to Riker, I'm pretty sure that's a Kelpian. Or an animated version thereof. Could be wrong, Interesting. though. I need to take a look. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't notice. Know. It really stood out to me. They had like a lot of crazy aliens on the bridge there, but um, I did not notice a Kelpian. It's not one of the the ones that goes on that go on the away Yeah, no, he just sits on the bridge and doesn't say a word. Probably just sizing up his crewmates to see which one he's going to eat for dinner. So I pulled up that shot, and it looks like he's got like tendrils coming out the back of his head. I know, I think I know which one you're talking about, but I'm not sure that's a Kelpian. And that was it. I'm like, is this an animated attempt at a Kelpian, or is it something else that we just haven't be. seen before? And now watch, somebody's yeah. going to point out that I'm an idiot, and it's you know, <laughs> you species know what? That's... Steve from episode 27 of season two of, uh, <laughs> of the next Enterprise. <laughs> You know what? We that's why that's why we're having the show, and so people can tell us in a friendly manner what what the alien that is because yeah, he's got black black and, eyes and red people. And I can so. explain to him. I misspoke. He'll have to forgive me. I'm drunk. <laughs> there you go. So, but yes, the Boimler plot. You know what? I I I, I don't like the Packlids uh, as an alien species, but there's one thing I want to point out: is they're hilarious. But something that I've noticed a change from is in the original episode where they appear, Samaritan Snare, Troy actually references that, yeah, they appear really dumb, but there's this cunning I sense in them, right? right. And 
they even like I think Data muses that maybe they're slow of speech, but in other regards they're just like everybody else. Definitely wasn't sure. what was portrayed on screen. <clears throat> and definitely not what's mm. being portrayed now, but they're just being portrayed as a little too dumb for me to take them seriously. Hmm. Yeah, they're definitely accented a little bit in that way. Although Riker does specifically point out in that there's like this briefing room scene where they're thinking that someone's helping them. The puppet master, yeah. Yes. So something's going on there. Uh, we don't that we don't know that I don't know if there's been a lot of foreshadowing as far as who that you know, yeah. what's actually going on there. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's it would fit their character and what we've seen of them so far. So I want to see more for sure. Yeah, I do want to point out some of my favorite moments from their mission is uh, okay. Boimler pretending to be a miner and failing miserably. <laughs> uh, I love his teammates. They're all prepared to die, and they're like, this is why, yes. or this is, you know, what I signed up for. And Boimler's like, it's not what I signed up for. I just wanted to be an explorer. <laughs> and then they all go into why they signed up. Yeah. I joined I love because boss. I love beaming. Uh, yeah. I feel like he so has not good. read O'Brien at work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, that man should not I'm not sure that man should have signed up for Starfleet he's been through a lot <laughs> <laughs> but of course they all make it out alive due to uh, Boimler's quick thinking and Boimler makes it out alive twice yes and, and I want to talk more about this transporter shenanigans that are happening here because obviously they make the second chances TNG episode reference a lot with the the Thomas Riker duplicate and you pointed out there's um, actually another reference in that scene that I did not pick up on Ooh, well, I, well, hopefully this is what, what I'm talking about too. But it's there have been multiple cha- times where there have been transporter duplicates, but the one I'm worried about and the one that I'm thinking is 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 happening is the Kirk duplicate from the original series episode Enemy Within, and that's the one where uh, with the with the the dog that gets uh, the dog with the little horns that gets transported into like the good dog and the evil dog, and then there's Kirk with there's like the good but kind of wussy Kirk. And then, like, the command strong, but also kind of an a-hole, Kirk. Kind of an a-hole? Uh, like, super yeah, rapey and much. violent? Uh, yeah. First thing he does when he gets on the ship is get liquored up good and plenty. Not that I can blame him for that, but I don't go stumbling around the halls of my starship and forcing myself on my subordinate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, but the reason why I'm saying that is because they make such a big deal of the dichotomy between... The Titan, which is like action, pew pew, new Riker time, and the Cerritos or the or the D, <laughs> which is like exploration, kind of old Riker uh, time. Yep. And in the original series episode, Kirk actually the reason why the transporter goes all jankies because um, the group that gets beamed up before Kirk has some kind of like weird mineral on their on their attire, which makes the transporter you know do this weird separation thing. So you can see that they're not totally the same. Like the the Boimlers, you know, only one of them volunteers to go back to the Cerritos. Um, one of them kind of seems like he's having a, a good time on the um, on the Titan, even though the, literally in the previous scenes he's not really having a great time and not really not really meshing well with their action hero crewmates and stuff like that. So I'm worried. I think I'm not sure. I think that the it's possible the Boimler that's still on the Titan is the quote-unquote evil Boimler. And then the one that got sent back to the Cerritos is the... Might might even be even more wussy Boimler. We'll see. You know, here's the thing, though. I didn't really get an evil vibe from uh, Shuttlecraft Boimler. I did, however, get a smarmy vibe 
So does that mean that mm. Boimler doesn't have a good and evil side? He has like a <laughs> milk toast <laughs> and smarmy and... side? <laughs> it could be. feel like that, that hits me right where I live. <laughs> I also want to point out that when know. the uh, two Boimlers meet, they instantly yes. don't like each other. <laughs> Classic. Ugh, I'm the transporter duplicate. Ugh. <laughs> so good. But um, that is just my hypothesis. I'm, I'm going to put it out there now. Uh, we'll see if that ends up what ends up happening so there. So I'm going to throw my own hypothesis out there. Okay. Earlier in the episode, there is another callback to a DS9 episode. They reference Starbase 58, which briefly featured on a screen in the DS9 episode Whispers. That is an hmm. episode where it's an O'Brien Must Suffer episode. And O'Brien was replaced by a doppelganger in the service of a alien empire. And okay. everyone knows he's been replaced, so they all just don't trust him. Uh, and eventually it leads him on this whole quest to find out why they, you know, what happened to him and why everybody doesn't trust him. And he discovers that he's a duplicate and blah, blah, blah. So my right. theory is that Boimler beams up. They successfully beam him up. But whoever's helping the packleds are able to make a copy of him while he's beaming out. And the mm. new uh, Titan Boimler is actually a so kind sleeper of replacement. Agent. Right. That's my theory. Mm. Uh, I know it's a big one, or it's a long shot, but I gotta do something different. Yeah, you know, we don't know a lot about who's, who's pulling the strings here, so I think that is a distinct possibility. But anyways, possibly my favorite scene in the episode, because it is so... They do an entire episode of integrating Jet into the group and having Mariner and yes. Jet work through their differences. So they'll have a whole new group dynamic. And then in right. walks Boimler. And immediately, <laughs> Mariner just pushes Jet literally in the face out the way. <laughs> is Jet going to be salty? I, I think he's going like to go a... back to being a background character. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think so. He's They they took they spent so long building him up, I don't want to see him go like that. I, I'm okay with this. I think it's a hilarious gag. <laughs> Poor Jet. Yep. Uh, being ousted by Boimler, of all people, I mean, you know. This 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 man is the you know Kirk Sunday with Trip Tucker Sprinkles, so <laughs> it's it's kind of strange to see uh, Boiler just come and shove him out like that. But you know what? Well, you know what? That's what he gets there. for uh, hating on Ransom. <laughs> you know what? Everyone needs to hate on Ransom. I'm not going to penalize him for that. Well, uh, I guess we should uh, raise a glass and toast to the last episode of Lower Dorks. <laughs> I can't do this with you. I thought I knew you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, we'll have to. We'll have to. We have to work out our differences. We need an avian um, counselor of some kind to come and make food references and puppet therapy. Now, apparently, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. back on the uh, you know falling action side of things, we see Kayshawn getting uh, worked on by uh, good old Doctor Tana, and yes. This isn't my first guy who got turned into a doll. <laughs> is that a thing that happens regularly in Starfleet? Great question. I, I feel like puppet rays should probably be illegal. Like, that just doesn't seem like something you want out there. <laughs> I mean, obviously someone's designed it and has a patent for it somewhere. So it must exist. I mean, and I guess once it exists, you need to have, you know, the 
the solution, you know, the reverse puppeting. So maybe it makes sense. And he gets back and immediately uh, gets his game on, which apparently he's not <laughs> a great player of. No, he oh, he makes he does his best. Yeah, he tries. Come on, we're we're rooting for you, Keishan. Maybe you need to move off the uh, Dharma and Jalad and move on to a different story. Maybe that's the problem. Yes, I was kind of hoping we were going to get like a TNG season one situation. Where just like the Enterprise went through a series of chief engineers, we would just keep going through <laughs> chief security officers. <laughs> Never any explanation of what happened to the last one. They're just no longer around. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess we'll see. I feel like they built him up too much to have him just rotate it out, but we'll see. Come on, Kayshawn. We're rooting for you. Well, you're rooting for him. I don't really care. Someone's rooting for you. There's a, there's at least one person rooting for you. Yeah, there's probably two or three. <laughs> I know wrong opinions are commonly shared. Oh, fighting words. I don't know about that. But you know what? I'm I, you know after I'm I'm nearing the bottom of my glass, and at least your opinion wasn't wrong about this uh, whiskey. Yes, and my uh, bottle is getting a little empty, and so I guess that means you know what we got to do. Call it a night. Indeed. So, as always, you can catch us again next week for our review of Episode 3. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter, at Lower Dorks. Or, if you're so desperate for attention, you can send up a signal flare in the colors of the rainbow, and Stavros will come running to your call. Wow. It better be really strong flares, or I better live really close to you. But I'll come check it out. (laughs) 